Yo, yo, party people. Welcome back to the Gulf Strong Project. We're going to do a little, I, I got nothing else after that. We're going to do a little fun today. We've got some, we've got some good stuff. We're going to get into a little Masters recap. Yeah. We're going to talk the USFL betting. Big time, big time weekend coming up. Big time weekend. Um, big, not a, coming, not a off, coming off a big weekend, going into a big weekend. Huge weekend. It's almost as big as Augusta. Almost. It's close. It's, it's right there. We don't know a single player with the exception of like four. Yep. Make some bets, talk some rules. And then we're going to talk a little in-season training for golf and what that looks like for those of you who actually have seasons. Hell yeah. We're ramping up into ours right now. Ooh, Boston life. Boston you guys are life. going into the hot season. I don't know if there's any way you prepare for that. Just sit in a sauna or something like that. Less clothes, cooling towels. Very cold drinks. But I tell you what, ain't nobody playing in the middle of the day here. You can get tea yeah. times at like really nice golf courses for like 20 bucks. Hey, if you want to gut it out, go for it. It's fine by me. Yeah. Bring, bring a little misting fan. Good to there go. There you go. Good to go. So, anyways, there's that. Uh, as always, Dr. Tim Roboto, Bostonian, joining us. Like he does every week. Yeah. Got a couple of rounds in. Been playing very good golf, which is a, a, a excellent at this time of year. Really? Hell yeah. Because of all that time off. All that time off, lower expectations. Just I've been doing uh, the Harry Higgs field goal uh, field goal maneuver. So you, you pick two spots out there instead of like one target, and you just try to kick a field goal. Like it, can that. In, it can include the pin. It can not include the pin. You just pick the field goal, kick a field goal. If you hit it in there, great. That's where we want it to be. I like that. And I it's like been that. turning out wonderfully. I could, I could see that. I like it. Yeah. I like it. How, how's that working with your putting? Dude, kick in. Well, <laughs> putting, we're definitely, we're definitely going for the three-inch circle. It's a little narrower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're definitely going for the target. Uh, it's awesome. Hey, I had a lady, lady I was just with. One of the drills I got her doing is when she's putting, she puts from three different distances, and her only goal is to keep it, get it within a foot. Yeah, right. I so like she's that. got like, and she, we were talking about it, and I was like, all I want you to do is put it within a foot of that hole. Don't worry about the hole, just a foot, foot within it. She's yeah. like, really? And I was like, yeah. And every time you do, you get a point. We do a couple rounds, get to the third round, just bang, bang, bang. Just because she wasn't thinking per se about the hole. She was just thinking, okay, I want to get it close. So her distance was much better. Yeah. I like that. I usually go a uh, foot, foot and a half past the hole or like first ball, make sure it goes past the hole. And then nothing can go short of the hole or past that ball. It's just right. got to be, it's just got to be in that zone. Right. As my godfather says, it can't go in if it's short. It's true. It's true. Can't go in, can't go in if it's short. It can also go in the water if it goes long, but that, you know. I can, but hopefully you're not you're not just carrying a sledgehammer around with you out there on the greens. Hey, sometimes sometimes you got to bring it, bro. I used to play with one poor bastard who was a uh, jackhammer operator at uh, when I was like a teenager at the, at the country club I played at, and he would be like, "I can't." He would hammer a putt, and we'd just look at him like, "Dude, what were you doing?" He's like, "I can't. I have no feeling in my hands. Like my hands are still shaking from from the day's work." What? Crazy. That's wild. Crazy. That's wild. I okay. like it. All right, so let's let's go let's go Masters recap because that's obviously the the most recent thing that everyone's still kind of buzzing about before the RBC gets started tomorrow. Yeah, um, in beautiful Harbor Town. Beautiful, beautiful. I know. Beautiful Just uh, any place that has a cool lighthouse, fine by me. On the course, hey, especially on the course. Yeah, I'm 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 about that life. But anyway, so I was there last Monday for the practice round. My oh, first yeah. time being there. Um, it is as beautiful as people say, and then some. The TV doesn't do it justice at all. But one of my big takeaways was just, it's so green. It's so lush. It looks fake. Everything looks fake. Wow. Uh, so all, all those things are true. Now, everything <laughs> is fake. Exactly. You know, it's the green dye. dye. Blue dye in the blue water. Blue dye in the water. Uh, my favorite is the fake bird sounds on the broadcast. Yeah, that's fantastic. So things like that, which a lot of people that I spoke to last week didn't know that. Yeah, like, CBS even admitted it. 
Yeah, I was like, it's like yeah. yeah, this three quarters of this stuff is is not real because it's just not. But TPC does the same thing, and oh, they all, yeah, other, they all do. It. They're all trying to make it look pretty. The bird sounds to me was the funniest thing. Yeah, my like, favorite is the refilling divots every day because they like literally take a perfectly circular, almost like they're punching a hole on the green. They take like right. a circular portion and just fill it perfectly. It's just yeah. like ah, oh, that is that's fantastic. No divots awesome. here. No divots. No, no, no. Not even kind of divots. No, no. It's pretty that, awesome. and then the green, the green food bags and stuff everywhere. So it's like, all right, on the off chance that a, a patron didn't pick it up in the first ten seconds that it hit the ground, like it's green, it's going to blend in. Precisely, yeah, it, it's fantastic and ridiculous, but fantastic because it's it's Augusta. So it was beautiful. It was lush. I could not get over how undulated the greens were. Never mind the course, but like to see the greens up close. I was watching um it was Kepka's caddy and another guy and they were just dropping balls and like locations an inch or two away and you're just seeing the ball go like a full three feet in a different direction based on that one or two inches they moved it. Like they were just I don't know how they read those greens. Yeah. Um it was it was insane to see to see all that. And it is a hilly course. We walked 18 twice, essentially. I was smoked. I didn't play any golf. Yeah. Well, you see some of the carry distances on the TV broadcast that are like, I forget who it was, but someone who regularly is around 300, their carry like was like 270. And you just realize how far uphill that drive was, you know? Oh, for sure. Well, even the first hole is you go straight downhill and then you go straight uphill. Right. Um but you also had holes like the uh, that par or the fifteenth big long yep. par five where you can get a little bit of roll going down the hill there. Oh yeah, if you can get it there. But it was what a foolish course. Eighteen. Oh my god, going up and down that to finish. It's just designed to end poor people's I lives. I know you're just way back, sitting way back in that tee box. You have a gigantic bunker straight in front of you. Uh, a narrow shoot and you know the hole's turning to the right it's like ooh. dude speaking of narrow like what they did at 11 and yeah like, especially on two like they are so far back like the yeah. gallery is like that was on a top of them yeah that was a i forget how far was that a f almost 500 yard par four yes that's yeah. crazy i think it was it was a matter of fact I've got. Uh -oh. Do we have trinkets, trophies? Oh, dude, I got all sorts of jazz, but I don't know where. Aha! No, it's here. There you go. Program. Masters. Let's Spectator go. Guide. Spectator Guide. But it gives you the. Um... Here it is. All right. So that was. I want to say 520 yards. I was going to say 527. Yeah, 520. That is so you hit a 300 yard drive. You still have 220 into the green. And again, mind you, the 13th <laughs> is a par five, 510. Yeah, right. So it's shorter. And, and you get and, a stroke. And that shot into 11 has that wa water basically all in front of the green. There's a little sliver on the right side that you could potentially land short of that green. Brutal. Just brutal. Crazy. Yeah, but that course is. No doubt difficult, which was never mind the fact that it was cold and windy. Yeah. Three days in a row. Sunday was gorgeous, but three days of rough weather, which more evidence to the fact that what eight people were under par? Nine? Right. Like, yeah, only a handful. Only a handful. So that definitely plays a plays a big role. But those were some big takeaways that I had anyways from the course. I thought it was beautiful. Augusta the city. Dude, no. I've heard so I, I haven't been, but my uh my dad's gone a couple times and he said it's so weird to be like just on a main road with like strip malls and stuff. And then it's just like you turn down Magnolia Lane. Like, yeah, what? I mean it's where it's, where are we? It's a gross area. It's not nice <laughs> at all. Like it's not it is not it's certainly not TPC. It's yeah, not Ponte yeah. Vedra in Jacksonville. Like it's just not Huh. It's not nice at all. Well, just I'm gonna leave it at it's not nice at all, because like we got there and I was like, what? What is this? Where are we? Like I, it was, it was nasty, man. It was nasty. And then all of a sudden, you go to this bubble that is Augusta. Yeah, 
and everything is prim and perfect and the azaleas and the build it it's just it's like it was weird i, I bet it yeah. actually i told somebody this it kind of tainted my view of the whole thing because hmm. augusta was so beautiful but i was like if i yeah. was here for a couple of days like unless we had like amazing accommodations this really isn't fun with yeah, the exception it, of being at the golf course. Right. My Yeah, my dad stayed in Atlanta because he, he was just like, I'll just drive out there every day. That's what we did. So we stayed like an Doesn't hour and matter. a half away. Yeah. And just like, drove I'd, in. I'd rather just be out in a nicer part. 100%. And everyone that we spoke to was like, yeah, we stayed like 45 minutes out. We were an hour out. Or yeah. So everybody was saying that they weren't staying there unless you've got, you know, you're spending buku <laughs> bucks or you've got some corporate sponsor that's putting you up. Cause there's like one really nice area of town, which is kind of funny. Cause it's like a block in one direction is like, you're in some trouble. And the other block is like gajillion dollar mansions. Hey, it was something, but it, it didn't, I guess it tainted it a little bit because I look at the players yeah. where Ponte Vedra is awesome. Jacksonville beach, St. Augustine, like you got the ocean, you've got shopping, you've got great restaurants. There's so much that you can do when you're not at the tournament. Yeah. And then there's a ton you can do at the tournament. Augusta, you're just going to see, you're just going to the golf course. Yeah. That's a majority of tournaments though. Like, yeah. I mean, T TPC Boston's not that far. Like you can easily, it's 45 minute drive into the city or so, but that's in the middle of nowhere. South shore, Boston, just like eh, whatever. There's nothing really around it. It's not a terrible area, but it's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I so, can see that. I can see that. Well, Pinehurst. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Yep. Now, then you've got like the waste management. Right. That's right, just right. fun, generally speaking. But that's that's in a popular area. It is. It is. They're all over the place. Whistling but... Straits, Kohler. I'm not sure how much there is to do in Kohler. Uh, not, other than take a bath in a beautiful tub. I mean, not much. Hot, cold, you know. <laughs> multiple, multiple shower heads. It took me a while to connect that that was the Kohler family. Yeah. Yeah. I know they just, have a they have a clicking. course Black Wolf run out there that they have like bathtubs out on the course just like as decoration. I don't know what, but like the tea box. Cool. Yeah, like uh off one of the tea boxes in between two fairways. Huh. But it's not cool. Cool Anyways. Yeah. Uh what it, what were your what were your thoughts on the play? What did you uh, like? What did you not like? What were your takeaways? Well, I was excited for after the start where I think Smith went birdie birdie to open and gain two back really quick, maybe gain three back. Cause I think Scheffler bogeyed one too, but mm, th uh, yes. Right. So he went from like four back to one back really quick. And I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a fun day. Got a tournament now. And then it never really happened. Cause Scheffler kind of turned it back on and went back to 12. Like, well, he hit that, he hit that Eagle. Yep. That like we said off air, had he missed that right or left, that ball was, go it because that yeah, thing was, was gone motoring yeah it was gone but but it didn't it went in the hole so yeah going in the water on 12 hurt yes for cam i mean that yeah. was that was a killer uh and he just couldn't regain it from there no um, five five strokes on the back nine is too much to make up once you once you lose you know two there you've already lost a couple in the holes around there i mean it's that's too much it's Scotty was was locked in, man. Yeah, and his caddy needs a ton of credit. Yeah, Ted Scott. He played. He played smart shots to good locations. Stayed away from the shit, and he made a lot of good pars. I mean, yeah. he he hit some clutch pars, with the exception of eighteen. Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't really great off the tee all weekend, really. He you know, was, he was in some he, terrible spots off the tee, but he just recovered like. Oh, but nothing was as good as Cam hitting it through the chute out of the woods. Yes. Oh, yes. that dude, that was legendary. After watching that, they did the slow-mo of his swing on that. I'm just like, oh. I know, I know. Just pure. Just, just pure. Essentially, just golf porn <laughs> without, without question. Although, like I had also told you off air, I was super disappointed on Sunday because so much of the coverage – was on Tiger the whole day. Yeah. And I just didn't get to see some of the, like, I don't think I saw a shot from Shane Lowry. 
I saw a couple recaps where they were like, hey, this just happened on, you know, the 10th hole a couple minutes ago. He right. made a chip or he made a putt. It was like, right, but he was like four under. Like he was yeah. close enough to be in striking distance of at least second. Yeah. And I didn't see anything of him, Morikawa, Thomas. I mean, McElroy's day, I didn't see until Tiger finished for the most part. Yeah, and they really only mentioned that he had a. I think he made a good putt on I don't know somewhere near the end, like fourteen, fifteen, something like that. And they mentioned, oh, he's gone low today so far, and then they never mentioned him until uh, Faldo spoiled it. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. And he, I was like, what he the apologized. Fuck, man? He apologized for his rookie mistake. Yeah, I mean, you can't go watch this. I mean, you know, like sometimes when they cut to those guys, like one time they cut to Bubba and he was like one over and they're like this is bubba for birdie from 45 feet and you're like well i wonder if this goes in wonder if that goes yeah i, I hate that i hate it right but rory shot 64 that's crazy i think he tied the and they didn't show him at all ever on i know yeah it was the it was tied for the best on sunday tied for the best ever on a sunday and i feel like i didn't see any of it and again somebody was like oh well it's not that important and i'm like wait a second that is important one that's him moving into striking range of Scotty if something, some kind of shit hit the fan. Like he hits the ball into the woods and he can't get out of there comfortably. Yeah. That's a stroke or two. Or he takes many, very, very many putts from three to four feet <laughs> and, and can't square the putter face. <laughs> he admitted, he admitted many times he's like, I, my concentration was gone. I was Dude, just, I don't know if I could have made that putt. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding you. When, when he was walking up to the green, and then saw his wife crying behind the green. I was like, he's oh, fucked. Because he had a down, fast downhill putt from the back of the green. I was like, all right, he can six putt and still win. Six that, was literally, that was literally my first thought. Was, six he can putt. six putt and still win. And then he four putted. Yeah. yeah. He tried. He tried. Yeah. He tried. But it was but, all. I mean, it doesn't matter if you win by one or six. No, it still doesn't. Still win. Dude, did you see the, the video of the guy who made a bet that he the winner wouldn't cry? Yes, uh, Joey Colcutts, the guy from Bob Does Sports. So yeah. funny. So there's like, do not close your tear ducts. Close your tear ducts. <laughs> like, not right, the dad. Not wife. the dad. No, not the dad. We still have the dad. Okay, we're, we're good. We're good. Who are these people? Don't hug him anymore. Oh, oh so awesome. Those are the best. Those are the best bets in the world. Like, Those are. I, I'm, I'm so about it, but. I didn't. I'm not sure how much else I took away from the Masters. Those things bother me. I love Scotty Scheffler. I think he's great for the game of golf. I think he's a good man. I think his family is awesome. I like Scotty. He reminds definitely. me of Spieth in 2015. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I was a little dis. I, I was disappointed that they made Tiger's group the feature group on. Uh, you know, because really early in the day, unless you, I don't even think it was on PGA.com. Uh, if you have the PGA streaming yeah. service. Yeah, you have to watch it through the Masters website until the live broadcast. And yeah, Tiger's was group was always featured, so it was like always featured. Yeah, he's playing I had it on ESPN Plus. Same thing. He was featured yeah. every day with some other star, but it was him every yeah. day. Yeah, and he was playing with Rom Sunday, so it wasn't terrible to watch. But neither one of them were in contention, so it was just kind of yeah, like eh. was seven over, and Rom was yeah. five over. Five, yeah, like yeah. not even kind of close. And they made like the big thing about how. Tiger like stiffed Rom on advice at one yeah. point or something because he's not Justin Thomas. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I mean that they all. Do I don't that. know. Maybe people love it. Like because I got into golf later, maybe I'm just not as Tiger stricken as everybody else. Like I just I don't have that like deep yeah. love to like watch him do things. And I just say it because there was just so many other headlines to use on Sunday. Because yeah. he wasn't in contention. You know, had the right. dude been like two, three strokes back, I'd be like, oh, shit, I want to see every shot this dude yeah. makes. Right. But he wasn't. And there were other people that were. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's there are people that remember him winning the Masters by nine and stuff like that. Right. right. So it's like, to them, he's just like this immortal, unbelievable player. And it's like, eh, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for me very much. I... I mean, it was great to see him playing, but I've read like his uh, biography and stuff. He's, I've never met him, but he doesn't seem like a very nice dude. So I'm just like, eh. Well, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't, I mean, with the cheating and the, I mean, all that kind of stuff. I mean, as a moral creature based on his past of things, you know, those aren't great. Now, to be fair, 
everybody in their life makes mistakes and 100%. everybody, you know, his stuff obviously is just put out into the world because of, he lives under a microscope. And I mean, his boat is called privacy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think he'll he, stay on I, that too. And during tournaments, hundred percent. Yeah. He yeah. just, he just doesn't, he doesn't want the people all around him, but yeah. you know, I, I hate how he's worshiped. Like he's an upstanding citizen. Right. He's not. <laughs> We don't have to lie to ourselves. It's fine. Like Charles, like Charles Barkley used to say, I'm not a role model. Don't, if you can yeah. look up to me if you want, but I am not a role model. So, right. Michael I'm Jordan would say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, those guys, it's not like you're looking at them and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, it's just because someone is a good athlete does not mean that they are a good person, human man, et cetera. Right. You know, it's the, they're not one and the same thing. I'm a, and I am perfectly okay with saying somebody is fabulous for what they do professionally. Yeah. fabulous there are amazing ceos there are fantastic athletes that doesn't mean that they are necessarily good people in the greater part of the world yeah and that part of scotty scheffler said some stuff similar to that uh after his win he was talking about the four play guys and he was like people have to realize like i'm on a golf heater right now i'm still just a normal like i'm a 25 year old guy like i'm still gonna yeah. go to chipotle tomorrow for lunch probably yeah like you know yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that I like him. I like Spieth. You know, there's a there's a humility that stretches out of them that I think is great. You know, that yeah. they can turn off during a tournament or they can be just complete jerks and then off the course they're like, Yeah, what's up, guys? What's going on? Yeah. You know, it's okay to have both sides of that coin. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just maybe that's just me. I'm, I think I'm just tired of people just bowing to the tiger god. Yeah. Well, they all they all want him to win so that he can either tie or surpass Jack and then they can say he's the greatest. But right now you can there's the argument that Jack's the greatest. So I think you have a portion of people who are like, right. I need Tiger to win so that I can just have a solid. Him. Yeah, have a solid argument that he's the greatest. Yeah. That's it. Well, and dude, that's the funniest thing to me. So this whole weekend they were talking about him recovering from this injury. Right. They're like, you know, we've never seen this before. How It's amazing. I only heard one or two people mention Ben Hogan. Yeah. Who was hit head on with a Greyhound bus. Yeah. Like story tells it that he like moved over to like protect his wife who was like scratch free. And he had like two fractures in his pelvis, clavicle, yeah. like, and it took him like four hours to get to a hospital. Yeah. And it's in what, when, when was he playing? 1948. Like 30s, 40s, I think it was 1948 yeah. was when that happened. And then he went on to win everything again yeah like he had like a retina issue or his like left eye couldn't see which affected his putting like just craziness and the guy was still lethal crazy but i feel yeah. like that was like skipped over this weekend as if we'd like never seen it before yeah i heard it once on the broadcast but i think that was it yeah i just don't remember but that seems like something back. you'd be like oh you know historically we have seen other people do this and were successful yeah. nope no, part of it is Jim Nance wasn't alive to announce Ben Hogan, so I don't think it was that important because everything, like Golf, Golf Digest this month, Jim Nance had a two-page article on calling Tiger's first Masters win. It was just like, Jim, you had nothing to do with this. You were just sitting in a booth talking in a microphone. Like, I think he, yeah. like, he, he uh, kind of runs the media narrative in the golf world. Yeah. Or at least I, the Golf Channel guys do, and they love him, and it's just like, yeah, all right. that's true. I, I just kind of over it shoot portnoy had the hot take he was like i want to see tiger suck this weekend right he came he came right after him he's like i just don't like the guy i hope he sucks <laughs> you gotta love him oh dude, portnoy just hot takes left and right left That's and right yeah but it's good it's good for golf to have you know because eventually tiger's not going to be there yeah so you're gonna have to have you know and unfortunately that kind of falls on the media in some way or another where you're pumping up whatever your next up and coming is. Yeah. A lot of these guys have crazy stories too. Like you don't need, you don't have to just focus on tiger. Like Morgan Hoffman has muscular dystrophy and is living in South America somewhere uh, in like a a house growing his own food and just doing, doing his own thing, trying to figure out his muscular dystrophy, like, and trying to get his tour card back because he had an exemption. I think he has one year left to get to like, correct. Yeah. Place in some, like there are guys like that, and you never hear those stories unless you like. I get a, two golf magazines that I can yeah. read stuff like that. 
Yeah. It's, just, it's a good story. Yeah, it's great. It's just a just a good story. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to see more of that. I mean, because you've got I think golf is full of stuff like that. Like I love reading we were just talking about Ben Hogan, but like Byron Nelson and Ken Venturi, like those guys' stories are super cool. Yeah. But part of that is because we're not overlooking their stories. Like we're reading about them, we're seeing them, you know, we're getting to know them on a more deep level. Like it's like I'd like to see that from more of the tour players versus like what we get now where it's Tiger. <laughs> that hopefully the Netflix series helps a little bit. That's supposed to be good. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to think so. Higgs is gonna be the best. I love Barnum. Barry Higgs. I love Barry Higgs. Dude, he was so fun to follow. So I saw him, DJ, and Varner were together for the first practice round. That's a group. That's phenomenal, a group. phenomenal group. Like, they're just talking shit back and forth. Varner was funny, man. Okay. He was funny. Yeah, he had me He had me laughing because they're just BSing. And yeah. They had a blast. It was fun to watch. So Scheffler and Sammy Burns were together on Monday. And they were like blocking each other's putts and, you know, <laughs> messing with each other. Dude, it was so fun to watch these guys just be like normal dudes, like what yeah. you and I would do to one another. Yeah. Like your putt's about to go in and I just swipe that thing into the water. Like just, yeah. I mean, that's, they are just normal dudes. They're just much better at golf than you are. Much, much better. True. True. <laughs> True. Cannot, cannot get that point. So, anyways. That was the Masters. It was fun. It's over. RBC this weekend, and then we got a month-ish until the PGA out in Iowa, I believe. I think it's in Iowa, yeah. Southern Southern Hills. Southern Hills, and then we've got Opens up at you. Mm-hmm. Country Club. Mm-hmm. I got a ticket for Wednesday's practice round before Tiger announced <laughs> that he was get trying to get access. So the tickets spiked uh, this morning when that happened. Oh, I can only imagine. They're releasing tickets tomorrow to the public, but last time they went in 60 seconds. So they probably will go again in 60 seconds. I'm trigger finger ready. See if you can That's get right. one, one at face value. Just get a few. Just get a few. Maybe I'll try and come up for that. Sounds good to me. You're more than welcome. Yeah. Except you and I'll just go play golf instead. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Perfect. There's a course right next to it, Putterham. It's public. So. It, a couple of holes, like you can kind of look through the trees and try to see the action. So, I do that. Putterham, what a great name! Right, I like I like Putterham. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pivot because I'm tired of talking about the Masters, but Let's I am it. super ready to talk about the USFL. Woo, doggy! Super first, ready. First question is: How many weeks does it take before checks bounce? <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> I'm gonna give it six. All right, that six, might get six. you through the season. It's what an eight game, eight eight week season, ten week season. I, listen, I got faith right now. Okay, I just I need this. I need this to work for everybody involved. Hey, I I'm I'm hoping for it. I'm not. I wish no ill will against these guys. No, 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 no. I'm I'm very ready. I'm very ready. And so so this is this is the best because we had just talked about like the the current like betting lines and stuff on this. It's hilarious because it's yeah. all like a point and a half. Yeah. And I, Draft- they're basically pulling this all out of nowhere. DraftKings was the wildest and they went, uh, they have the Birmingham Stallions minus three. They have the Ga- Houston Gamblers plus three. And so they basically went off a three. They got two and a half and they've got a four. So, all right. So DraftKings generals are plus three. Stallions are under minus three. Over unders 42 and a half. They're all right around 42, 43, 44 points, the over-unders. The highest is 44 and a half for the Stars yeah. versus the Breakers. And then the biggest, the biggest spread is the Bandits and the Pittsburgh yeah. Maulers. The Bandits and, are given four. And that's the hard, that was the hardest decision for me because Kyle Lalletta, a fellow spider, yes. Uh, yes. is their quarterback, and they are not For favored. Tampa? For Pittsburgh, the Maulers. Oh, for Pittsburgh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So they're they're four point dogs, and I want them to be my dog of the week. But I was reading uh, that Tampa looks pretty good. So, well, okay. So the biggest thing that helps Tampa is that Staley is their head coach. Yeah, and he was with Pittsburgh for a while, 
And I think he was seven, on the Dolphins for a while. I gotta think about this. So he was. Let me, see, let me get some. Let me get some info on this on this homie. Cause he was a, he was a lot of places. Todd Haley. All right, so. Tampa Bay Bandits. He had stints with the Jets, Bears, Cowboys. He's been all over the place. Chiefs, yeah. OC for the Cardinals, head coach of the Chiefs, OC for the Steelers for five years, OC for the Browns in 18. Like, he's been around the block a little bit. And he was at a high school last year? Oh, was he really? (laughs) Riverview High School. I I didn't see that, but anyways, Sarasota, of all the head, hey, of all the head coaches, he's he's pretty good. Although one of them was the former A and M head coaches, was a former Texas A and M head coach. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeff Fisher is the Panthers head coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's a big time head coach right there. Oh yeah, that's a real coach. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Fedora is the New Orleans Breakers. Thirty two years college. Head coach of Southern Miss and North Carolina. Then you've got Mike Riley. All right. So he was at Nebraska for three years and Oregon State. Kirby Wilson. That's the Pittsburgh Maulers coach. So no, he's, that he's been with the Patriots, Redskins, Bucks, Steelers, oh. Vikings, Browns, Cardinals, and Vegas. All right. Two Super Bowl rings with the Bucks and Steelers. Skip Holtz, naturally. Lou Holtz's, Lou, Holtz. Lou Holtz's son, yeah. So he was the head coach of La Tech, South Florida, East Carolina. Kevin Sumlin, there he is. So I was thinking okay. about He's the so Houston Gamblers head coach. So the coaches are all uh, – They're pretty good coaches. Good. Yeah. I am a big fan of Philly's head coach. This dude, Bart Andrus, looks like a mafia boss. <laughs> so I, they, I picked them uh, in that matchup for two reasons. Him – and then the first name that I saw when I pulled up the roster was Artavius Lynn. And I was like, I'm sold. They have a bunch of good names. Artavius Lynn. You just do it based off names like the East yeah, West I, Bowl with Keon yeah, Peel. Once, yeah, once I didn't recognize any of them, I just started looking at the names and I was like, oh, man. These, some of these there, are great. There's a couple good quarterbacks that I saw. Yeah. Like I did, I did see like some some like pretty good dudes that were like the kid that was at Michigan last year playing quarterback. I know he's on that list. Okay. Uh, Cause they did like the top five quarterbacks in uh, that are like draft prospects right now. Hmm. So yeah. Shea Patterson. That's who it was. Shea Pat. Okay. I know that. Oh dude. Paxton Lynch. Another one. He was like a first round pick for the Broncos in like 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Tayamu, that was the kid from Ole Miss. So yeah, there's a... there's some dudes. There's some dudes. But anyways, first pick in the USL draft was Shea Patterson. Hey, need a quarterback. He could, sl- he could sling it. He could run a little bit. It'll be interesting. So key thing we're going to conclude with right now is the fun rules of this game. I think we should oh, go yeah. through those really quickly. So you can have a one, two, or three-point try after you score. So a one point is just an extra point, right, from the 15-yard line. A two-point is from the two-yard line and score. Or you can go for a three-point try, which is just the 10-yard line, and you have to score. So it's just the same thing as your normal two-point, but from the 10-yard line. I really like that because if you're down by nine, you can catch up. Yeah. You can it it changes the dynamic totally. Oh, dude, because you're like, all right, well, we can score. All we need is ten yards, right? And going going to make and and going off of that, I think the other uh, rule that helps teams come back is the onside kick rule. That's that's probably my favorite rule. You talked about that a couple weeks ago. So the off the onside kick rule is if you score a touchdown, you have two options: you can kick an onside kick if you want to try and get the ball back, or just regular kick it. Or you can take the ball from the 33-yard line, and it's fourth and 12. Yep. And so, essentially, if you get 12 yards, you get to keep the ball, and you go from there. Go yep. from there. But the trick about that is, is that if you don't get it, you just gave them the ball on the 40-yard line. Yeah. I love that. I don't know why. I love that. Like, imagine you just have a high-powered offense. You've got Shea Patterson slinging it, and you just keep like you're down 
21 and with like, I don't know, six minutes left and you just score, get the ball back, score, get the ball back. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I can't wait. That'd be, for, wait. It'd be chaos. I don't want to watch that all every week, but that that's no. I'll watch I'm it so about there. I'm so about it though. So yeah. about it. So I think I also like how they're doing overtime. So it's like a shootout style overtime. Yeah. So it's the best of three scoring. So if you score, so you, everybody gets the ball on the two yard line, right? And if you score, you get a point, and you have three chances to score. And so it's basically, if you score, if each of you are tied up after three attempts. It goes into sudden death. I am so about, first of all, the NFL should adopt that in my mind. hundred percent. Like I want, I want the NFL to go just like college does and, or instead of being at the two yard line or being at like the 35, like college football does it start on your own 35 yard line. Yeah. And then go from there or 45 yard line and go from there. Just trade blows. Right. I don't know. They just changed the rule where now it's, you can go uh, in the playoffs in overtime. Both teams get a chance no matter what. But in the regular season, you it's no different. You don't necessarily. It makes no yeah. sense to me. If you're going to change it, just change it for both things. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's that's that. Now, let's, let's, talk, let's talk bets. Let's do it. Game one, Generals, Stallions, Birmingham, New Jersey. Jersey's given three at a minus one ten over unders forty two and a half. What's your what's your bet in this game? I'm taking the favorite here. I'm going Stallions. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know anyone on the team, but looking at the colleges, there were more SEC schools on uh, the Birmingham Stallions than there were on who who are they playing? I can't remember. Playing Jersey, the Generals. The Generals. There were more. Uh, I, I saw more SEC schools there, so I was like, "I'm I'm going there." Okay, I like I like that pick. I like that pick. I'm gonna take the over. Over. What is it? Forty two. Forty two. Forty two and a half. Forty two and a half. I think defense will be atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, um, I see like these guys haven't played together and because of the way that they're doing scoring where you can get like extra points and stuff, you know, I think they're going over. Yeah. I, I think that's, those are my go-tos there. Game two gamblers, gamblers, Panthers, Michigan Panthers, Houston gamblers. Uh, Panthers are favored by three over unders 43 and a half. I know. I like, I like uh, the gamblers here as my dog, but I can't bet against Jeff Fisher. I just can't do it. So I think I have to go. I have to go. Michigan Panthers. All right. So you're gonna go Panthers. You're gonna go Panthers outright or Panthers at the points? Spread. 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 Okay. So you're gonna go Panthers spread. So they got three. They got three. They have to overcome here. Uh, Houston's head coach is Sumlin, right? It is Sumlin. I know. That's why I like it as the dog. Uh, you know, I, I actually had that written down as my pick, um, but I was going to take the money line. I was just going to take, right. I was going to take Fisher just to figure it out in the end. You do you take I'm your not, money I'm line. Not, what so, is it? All right. Uh, minus one sixty five. All right. So that's, that's an easy pick. It's an easy pick, but I like them there. All right. Philly stars, New Orleans breakers, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half is our spread here, which seems odd to me but like i said before i'm going philly until that italian mobster loses yep and i'm taking him i'm taking the two and a half too what's our what's our uh over 44 and a half 44 and a half minus 110 oh man no one wants to cheer for a low scoring game i'll take over and i like uh I like Philly as well. Artavius Lynn. I like the mobster coach. It's just. Bart Andrus, dude. His name is phenomenal. Bart. Bart Andrus. Because he's like a European and Canadian guy. Like he was with the Amsterdam Admirals and the Toronto Argonauts and Omaha Nighthawks. Like he said, (laughs) nobody knows who this guy is, but he, he looks like he's cut off some fingers in his day. Yeah. He's a football guy through and through. If you're coaching in Saskatchewan, Canada, you're a football guy. Like you're you're a football guy. Like it's 
Totally agree with that. All right. Main match, Mahler's Bandits. Your boy, your boy is a Mahler. Yeah. Dare, dare you go against Todd Haley? I'm doing it. I'm keeping the spider pride going. That's my dog. My dog of the week is the Pittsburgh Maulers. They're they're taking it. Four four week. point dogs. At four at four point dogs. Yep. I'm not messing with that at all, but I'm going over. <laughs> all right, I like that. All right, so you're taking you're taking Birmingham. I'm gonna yep. take the over in that game. Houston, Michigan. Go Fisher. Fisher. Go Fisher. I'm just taking them to win. You're gonna take the spread. Like breakers spread. breakers philly i'm going andrus at two and a half and you're gonna go over that's it's bold oh yeah bold and then tampa pittsburgh you're gonna go you're gonna go the dog lauletta you have to you have to we're going overs club and we're going we're going dogs all right all right let's see we'll review our picks next week we'll review our <laughs> picks next week cool i like it all right we'll take a break we'll be right back we'll talk a little golf Yo, yo, welcome back. All right, we're done BSing for USFL and uh, Masters Recap and all that jazz. But follow the bets. That's all you need to know. All our bets. Watch the games this weekend. You'll be in good shape. So we're going to talk in-season training, uh, which is going to take on some different connotations based on where everybody is. But this is going to be really specific to people that have been out of the game for the last you know four to six months based on you live in a place that's cold or snowy or courses are just opening back up etc so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what differences you might see in your training program uh, when you are in season versus out of season per se uh, things that we consider and, and kind of roll from there so tim is really going to be the foremost expert on this because he happens to live in a cold place hey. is finally opening up golf again whereas i live in a very warm place and you can really play golf year round. Um, however, you are going to see a lot more rounds. Like where I am right now is very in season. We're actually probably coming towards out of season because it's so hot here in the summertime. It makes it a little tricky to play. So, sure. Tim, what is, you know, what is one of your big considerations when it comes to in season training? You know, we just got out of season. We've been working out. We've been doing maybe some speed work, getting stronger, et cetera. What are some of your big considerations as you get into in season with your guys and ladies? Yeah. Number one is defining how much golf you're going to be playing. Number one. Yeah. Like are you, would you, most, most players that are tournament players know when the tournaments are right. So right. you have to define your tournament schedule if that's what you're doing. If not, you've got to, def you've got to define, are you playing in that Tuesday night men's league and then playing Saturday and Sunday? Are you doing more than that, less than that? What's that going to look like? Because then we can fill in the training around that to optimize, make sure you're not sore for the, for tournament rounds, make sure you're feeling fresh for those. You know, even if you're not playing tournaments, make sure you're feeling fresh for the weekend so you're not just slogging along and playing shitty golf on your, your two days a week that you get to play golf. And defining what those days are to your point. Like it's, yep. I'm just playing like a casual 18 versus I'm playing in a tournament this weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you, you know, our warm is going to be different for tournament versus uh, just a casual round potentially, or, you know, everything, everything. Nutritional considerations, recovery yeah. considerations. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's number one, define, you got to define your schedule and pro it's probably the same for you, for your clients. No, like def define their playing schedule and what they're doing. No different, which uh, to yeah. be fair, off season, in season here, it's no different because you can play year round. Mm -hmm. um, but we may just have different goals based on the fact that they're not going to be playing as much golf. Right. But I also have to know how competitive their golf is. And like a lot of, um, same thing up there, but I have so many people that are really concerned with getting their score down. Sure. And so when they play, they're playing and they're yep. keeping score. Now I have other golfers who it's funny. I got this one guy. He's a five handicap. Good golfer. Cares not one ounce about keeping score, about, you know, like getting better at golf. Like he's just a good golfer. And he's like, yeah, I do it for fun. Like, I just, I kind of go out there and play. Like, we have to keep score because it's required, obviously, at the club. But, like, 
eh, if I save some strokes, I save some strokes. So yeah. I treat him differently than I treat someone who's like, hey, I'm an 18 handicap. I'd really like to get down to like 12 or 13. Every time I play, I am really focusing on, you know, fairways, greens and regulation. Like that stuff matters to me. And so that changes our approach immediately and what we're going to give you. 100%. Yep. Yep. Are you, are you the range dog who's just like out on the driving range every day, no matter what, whether you're playing or not, like that's going to, that's going to totally change what we give you probably. Um, yeah, that's, that's the please, biggest thing to find that. Please schedule. don't do that. Please don't go to the range every yes. day and no. just hit thousands of balls. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Fully unnecessary. Drives me, drives me batty. Like I've got people that are playing four or five days a week and going to the range three days a week. And working out a couple of days a week, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, come on, let's let's just a pump lot. the brakes here. Let's make some changes. Is, yeah, that's a lot. Much. That that brings me that brings me into my second yeah. point would be yeah. you've got to also make sure we're dialing in our recovery. Yeah, and making sure that we're watching how 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 many hours we're spending swinging the club. How you know because especially if you're coming off of a winter season where you're maybe maybe you go to the simulator once a week or something like that, or once a month, and then you're going to ramp up to weekly rounds and that sort of thing. You've got to focus on sleep recovery, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. The truth uh, managing how much you're playing is, is really critical because going from zero to hero isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. Right. As a, as a general statement, if you want to work up to four days a week, that's great. Play around. How did you recover? I feel pretty good. Give it two days, play again, and then just start managing that across time. But like Tim was just saying, if you haven't really been playing that much, that can be a lot for your body. hundred percent. Yeah. As a and whole. then, then you're excited. You're out with the guys, you're drinking and that sort of thing. And then you're getting shit sleep <laughs> after too. And it's just like, Oh man, yeah. then you, you know, you had fun all weekend playing golf and doing that sort of thing. But then you go to work Monday and you're just wrecked for the week. Yeah, you're just you're just wiped. You can have fun while still being relatively consistent with things. Actually, that kind of brings a good point that I just had a conversation with you about the other day. So in season, this actually may help you as well, because Tim was just making the point that a lot of people, when they go out, they're social golfers. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of them that are clients of ours where they go out. They like to have some drinks. They like to have a cigar. They're hanging out with their buddies, et cetera, et cetera. Ways to optimize your recovery when you know that you're going to be maybe drinking more over a weekend or what have you try to pick the same sleep and wake times. Sure. It's a very simple thing, but we know this in every other aspect of life. If you can consistently go to bed within a half hour ish of normal and wake up within a half hour ish of normal, you are going to benefit yourself immensely because that's your body's circadian rhythm. It's how it gets through life. It's how it understands when to get up, when to go to bed. It's when you start messing with those things that it becomes a little bit more troublesome. You know, we were up till 2 a.m. drinking and we have our round starting at 7.30. You're going to hurt for the next four to five days. You don't make up that sleep later on. So that really is also a critical factor is be semi-mindful of that. If once in a while that happens, so be it. But the yeah. more it happens, A, the worse golf you're going to play. And B, the harder it is going to be to do the rest of your life, other parts of your life anyways. Yeah. And the, and you know, the less recovered you are, the less resilient you are. So, you know, potentially you're more likely to tweak your back on, you know, on a swing on the back nine or do something yeah. stupid like that, you know, trip, fall, that, that sort of thing. Cause usually the injuries on the golf course I see are like stepped out of the cart, wasn't paying attention, rolled my ankle on the curb, you know, the stuff yeah. like that. And that's the stupid stuff when you're just like in a fog, you're tired, you know, you, that you, you can a hundred percent avoid. So this is completely anecdotal on my end entirely, but within my client base, more than 75% of them, when an injury arises, it is, it is typically after lack of recovery or they are fatigued. Yeah, sure. It is very rare that it's when they feel good. Sure. Almost never. There's always the occasional, you know, I've had people that are in a bunker and it's a steep ass bunker. They hit it, they step back, they dump an ankle or they fall in an outstretched arm or something. And those things happen. Sure. But pretty rarely is it when they feel good. It's usually like, eh, I didn't really feel really good. I didn't sleep well last night. Kind of had a little bit of a bender this weekend drinking. And then I went out there and feel like I pulled my back trying to hit a 400 yard drive. And I'm lucky if I hit it 205. 
Precisely. Precisely. Then there's that. So those are two. So two considerations right there. One, figure out your schedule. Two, manage your recovery. Understand what that's going to look like, what you're going to need. Um, I think the third thing is, is once we know your golf schedule, we also then have to figure out your workout schedule. So how many days should I work out when I'm in season? Obviously, the answer is it depends on you, the individual. Right. But as a broad kind of swath or broad brush that we'll paint here. Your workout schedule doesn't really have to change Mm -hmm. a lot, but we may change volume. We may change Mm -hmm. exercises. We may change how much speed work you're doing or things that are going to fatigue you more. Like for instance, if you like to walk the course, I may cut out some of your conditioning that we were doing in the off season. 100%. Because it's just, it's not necessary at this point. So we are going to make tweaks to that. So it's not that you're not going to continue getting strong. That's not how that works at all. You should be lifting in season. You should be working on your body in season. But we may adjust how much of certain things you're doing, cut some cardio out, maybe add a little bit more mobility and recovery work in while still getting strong. We might not have as many sets of squats in there. There will be changes to your volume that will maybe be a little bit less than you're used to, generally speaking. 100%. Agreed? And I tend, that, that's where I tend to live too. Um, yeah. 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 For most of my older folks, like just, you know, working adults who probably are playing in like one, a night league once a week. I mean, two days is really enough in season More to maintain that yep. stuff. And just, you know, if you pick your two days, you can get in the gym, do your stuff, do a little bit of conditioning on the side. You're good to go. Um, 100%. 100%. And it, yeah, I, I like to keep the loads a little lighter too. Like I'm not doing in, in the winter, in De- November, December, we're doing heavy, heavy squats, deadlifts, that sort of thing. Yeah, like like double two two reps as two rep max type stuff. Right. Um, we're not touching again. Any- pending, pending, pending the athlete here. Pending know- the athlete. Yeah. Yeah. It um, all plays a role. But we're going. We're not touching anything like that uh, when we're in season. I'm, I'm keeping it lighter. Like usually, kind of sixty to eighty-five percent of their like one rep max. If we're if we're yeah. getting getting yeah. into that, focusing yeah. more on just form, movement, greasing the groove, getting the body moving, yeah. and and defining what it is we're trying to do in the gym. Right? Are we just trying to maintain our strength and our speed through the season and stay injury free? Oh. Cool. We're not going to be doing stuff that looks like the golf swing in the gym when we're in season because you're spending all that extra time now on the course, on the driving range, on the chipping green. That's your time to practice things that look like the golf swing. 100%. You mean the golf swing? The golf swing is the way to practice the golf swing. Ah, Yoda knows best. It's deep. It's it's super deep. That should be like our tagline. It's deep. Golfing the best way to improve the golf swing oh, i was thinking golf it's deep <laughs> i thought that's what you meant that'd i like be that great, better though that'd be golf. a great t-shirt with like a whole a bottomless hole and the balls rolling into it and golf it's deep <laughs> sounds like a mental coach morgan thing shout out mental coach morgan wherever you are appreciate you living large yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure super large but those are all considerations. And it depends, again, athlete dependent. If you're a high school athlete versus a 60-year-old amateur golfer versus that you know 40-year-old guy that I have that just wants to go out and have fun. We're going to make different recommendations based on who you are. Um, like I have a golfer now who he mostly just likes to play for fun, but he does play three days a week. But you know what his main goal is? I want to look good naked. Okay, that changes cool. how we look at the gym. Yep. Right. Yep. It changes, you know, I might be giving him more hypertrophy based stuff. Whereas my 18 year old athlete who's competing right now, I don't really need him to be super sore going into a tournament. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to give him maybe different things that he can recover from a little bit differently than that guy. And so it's, you do have to be specific with some of those things, which is why coaches are so important. I know we beat that point to death on here, but it's the truth. A good coach can plan that out for you based on what in season looks like to you. Maybe we cut back on some speed work. Maybe we add in a little bit more mobility work. It all depends. Mm-hmm. 100%. Gray area. That's, Nobody likes gray. It's just gray. It's no, there's no black or white. So gray. So gray. The only I thing saw that's, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot. Shoot. So I, I got a 
super speed sticks last year, the year before. And they, they were running a promo, like do this before your round, every round. So I tried it a couple of times. It fucked me up. I ended up just like swinging like an idiot. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I commented on something they put, uh, they posted saying that like, it actually didn't really like, it, it made me swing like an asshole. And they were like, oh, well, you're probably doing it wrong. This, that, and the other things like, no, that's just not for everyone. Some people can probably get on the tee, swing it as hard as they can a couple of times and go play their round. Didn't work. Fun fact. You want to see the, okay. So I actually had this conversation last week in a seminar. We talked about when it comes to speed, we're going to go off into speed real quick. If you watch your speed to go up right before you swing a golf club, have a medicine ball with you. Or if you can jump, Either slam a medicine ball into the ground as hard as you physically can or vertically jump as high as you can a couple of times. Grab your club head and swing it. I just about guarantee your club head speed will be faster (laughs) without having to swing the club super fast. So without having to change the motor pattern of how you swing a golf club, you can swing the golf club faster in a short capacity. That's all that super speed sticks do. It's basically just up upping your body's ability to handle a higher level of force. I give you something a little bit lighter and you swing it faster, right? Grab a medicine ball, do a vertical jump and then hit the ball. And all of a sudden, Ooh, it's faster without having to swing a thousand miles an hour with a club head or with some speed stick. Right. That really, that seems so logical to me. Like Kevin Durant does not take a 15 pound basketball and like, like no like that's not how it works no not at all although they do have weighted basketballs but they don't they didn't catch on because they don't work and they break backwards but also i mean tennis like we're not having weighted tennis balls no you know baseballs like we're not seeing a lot of weighted baseball training no just in pitchers and it actually all the newer research is showing that it doesn't help at all no no, it's just putting more wear and tear on their shoulder. Yep. That was really unnecessary in the first place. There's only so, I mean, your body is super adaptable and it will adapt to whatever things you're placing on it. But if you're doing things outside the confines of whatever your sport demands, you're not really helping yourself at all. No, exactly. And you're just wasting time and everyone's short on time, right? Everyone's too busy in, in their lives these days. Might as well cut out that stuff that doesn't move the needle. Which actually, from an in-season training perspective, Tim made a good point about like, hey, a couple of days a week is typically fine. That also doesn't mean that it's a couple of days a week that's like an hour and a half long. Sure. It might be 30 minutes. Get in, get out. Get your workout in, and you get out. Get your workout in, you get out. You know, one of the things I like doing with people is giving them a third optional or a fourth optional day. So if yeah. they've got a low week of training or a low week of golf, you know, hey, I'm only playing Monday and Wednesday this week. I'm like, okay, we're going to work out Tuesday, Thursday, and your optional is Saturday get your optional in this week because you've got the extra time. And I might just hit a couple of the things that they didn't get that week, be it like a press movement, or maybe we'll do some sled work or, you know, something that I want to get. That's just a little bit more rounded for them. Um, That's always a good option. So if anyone listens to this and you've got like different playing times, sometimes across a month, um, you know, maybe you've got a tournament at the end of the month, but otherwise you play like once or twice a week, you can add in an extra day that you might not hit every week, but maybe you hit, two out of four weeks a month. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. It's been, I've always found that to be beneficial for clients because it's, it flexes with them a little bit. So they don't feel bad if they miss it, but if they get it, it's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I dig. Tim digs it. That's really all that matters. Does baby Bob dig it? He does dig poor baby Bob. He's got a cough. He's at the doctor's today trying to figure out what it is. Oh, buddy. Poor bastard can't do anything about it either just like you yeah. don't you have no idea what a cough is can't no. explain it to anybody no he's not it doesn't have a fever he's like eating fine he's sleeping fine i had him laying down i was slapping his uh slapping his ribs his rib cage a little bit so you can get anything moving didn't really work take take that advice parents <laughs> if your kid's coughing just flat right into the rib cage yeah just whack him Caged. Oh, we were driving, we were riding our bicycles <clears throat> yesterday, and this lady was swinging her couldn't have been more than year old daughter around by the arms. Like, uh, fast. Uh, Circumferentially, like just fast. And I like drove by and I'm like, oh, Christy, 
Christy, Christy, Christy. Oh, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Yeah, my elbow. So for anyone, for anyone listening to this, you're really not supposed to swing anyone that young. Yeah, or the pull, arms, or just or pull, pull up. up on their arm. Yeah, don't just, just don't. Like they have very plastic, very loose joints. Yeah, super loose. And although they may not be getting injured in that moment, a they could. And B, it is changing how their joints work a little bit or how their joints are, but how their muscles are working, how their tissues are settling. It's really not an ideal thing. So as fun as it is to swing them around and play ring around the rosy or, you know, you're spinning on the top or something, just save it for a little bit later in their life, please. Yeah. Yeah. Save those elbows. Dude, never mind the elbow, their shoulder, their wrist. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Like it's, it's not, I haven't, I haven't deep dived into the research on that stuff, but all the research I've read is like, please stop swinging your kids around. Yeah. Yeah. No, no good. No good. No good. There's a good topic to end on right there. Don't swing your children around. Safety 101. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you do, don't be surprised when their elbow dislocates. Oh my God. Stop. It happened to me when I was a kid, dude. I reached I reached back to grab oh. a, a slipper and I just turned and and the worst oh. part was at the ER, all they, they just did an x-ray to make sure it was just dislocated, wasn't broken or anything. And they were like, All right, here we go. Forearm, bicep, and it just Oh my god. It throw, went back in. Throw up. Yeah. I got no a whole way. I got a whole jar of uh, lollipops though. That was pretty kick ass. Dude, they would have happened to given me like a jar of lollipops, like a Pokemon. Like I'd want like a stuffed Pikachu and I would have wanted a lot of things. Uh, oh, dude, that, that's such a hard joint to dislocate too. Brutal, brutal. Oh, yeah. all right, Tim. I want you to count back from a hundred <laughs> by sevens. A hundred. What is a hundred? <laughs> Oh, that's painful to think about. Oof. Yeah, brutal, brutal. Also, if someone dislocates their shoulder on the golf course or something of that matter, if you're not a medical professional or know what you're doing, just be leery of putting things in that you've never put in before. Yeah. As a general statement, like I, I know you don't ever hear about it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I dislocated my shoulder. My buddy popped it back in. You could do more damage than good. Yeah, you could. So just... You know, if you know what you're doing, that's one thing. Like, even I can be a little leery sometimes of being like, being like, ah, dude, like that thing's, that thing's in a funny spot. Like, yeah, you've got a lot of nerves right here. There's a lot of different blood vessels and tissues. And, you know, it's sometimes it's not as easy as like, all right, hold on. Yeah. Uh, dude, I had a guy in an eval the other day uh, dislocate his knee to show me what happened. He was like, it clunks. I was like, it clunks. What do you mean? And I went to do a test and just pull his, I just went to like lower his leg like this. And he goes, no, 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 this. And dislocated. I was like, hey, 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 Which way did doing? it slide? Did it slide in or out? In. Medial? I think he, he had an old, he had an old uh, motorcycle accident. So I think he tore his MCL back then and probably ACL. And it just, his shin went in and it was bad. And then he screamed and he reduced it put it back in i was like all right you sit there and breathe for like five minutes and i'm gonna try to not throw up there's not a damn thing i can do for you sir i was like dude go to the go to the surgeon i don't know i can't i can't help you here i'll put you in a donjoy brace (laughs) like i I don't even know if that would i don't even know if that would help you and worth a shot i guess i don't know oh dude oh god yeah it was it was awful it was awful I I told everyone I was working with, and they were all like, well, "I I would have passed out if that happened in front of me." I was like, "Yeah, no, it was it was terrible." Thrown, thrown up. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. I've never so. seen someone be able to just like go in and out. I've seen people's shoulders that are like always oh, subluxed. Sure. Sure. You know, that's that's not nearly as bad. I've had some people that could like take their fingers and do some like weird, yeah, like, double jointed or... slash like dislocate. Yeah, they could do some weird stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I had a dude who's scaphoid would just like pop up, just like push it back down, pop up. Uh, down. Yeah, that was that was a funky one. I didn't, I didn't like he could just like 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 you just would, like jam his hand, then his scaphoid goes. 
and then you would just like like distract it and push it down and it would go back i don't like that the sound i don't like, was, I don't like any sound, of this the sound was bad yeah yeah our I listeners bet. don't care anything about this either sorry this is no we probably lost them they're all puking their brains out in their home medical homes. jargon oh, anyways gross. as always jackson.golfstrong tim.golfstrong on the instagrammies if you guys need anything shoot us an email tim at golfstrong.com golfstrongusa.com golfstrongusa.com jackson at golfstrongusa.com got a new merchandise site coming out pretty quick so keep your eyes peeled for that gonna be merch like this dope hat and all sorts of other stuff coming up i'm jealous i've been looking through the screen just trying to snatch it can't do it under armor polos let's go love it gotta be swagged out gotta be swagged out otherwise share give the podcast to your friends if any of them will watch it yeah or something like that i don't know yeah if you want to if you hate us i don't know it's fine play, just let it play in the background put it on mute that's right you just gotta hear the bets just get the bets yeah. give us your answers that's all betting is all that matters i'll throw i'll throw the timestamps in for that so you can just fast forward watch that if you need it time take your bets yeah take your picks and leave <laughs> <Be calm with laughs> you. all right people peace peace